This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Well, hey, friends, this is Eric Nordoff, and you're listening to The Courage Cast. Well, this episode is a special episode. It's an interview with Matt Hammett. Matt is the former lead singer for the Christian band Sanctus Real. They had a very long career and still have an ongoing career with a new lead singer. But Matt is no longer the lead singer, and, and he comes in and he shares and talks about his experience as a singer for this band, and in particular, a song called Lead Me that was a song that really, really impacted me, I remember, back in 2010, uh, very strongly. It, it was one of those songs on Christian radio that got played all the time, hugely popular, won several Dove Awards, and I think was nominated for a couple of Grammys as well. So Matt shares about that song and the background of that song. It was one of those songs that really convicted me as a husband, as a father, and just as a follower of Christ. I'll I'll always remember that. So grateful to have him on. And this is a combined podcast with Chrissy's podcast, my wife's podcast, Brave Worship. So we kind of did this together, and you'll find the same interview on Brave Worship's podcast. Uh, And so we talk about all kinds of things in this episode, but what I love about Matt is his transparency and uh, the, the raw and real story of Lead Me and what he's doing now to inspire men and families to uh, to to live a better life, to live a life that is more transparent, more real, and maybe can avoid some of the mistakes that that he made that he had to learn through failure and um, and just difficult times. So, I want you to enjoy my conversation with Matt Hammett. Actually, a conversation that Chrissy and I had with Matt Hammett. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. <laughs> so, uh, welcome everybody. We're going to actually do a a joint podcast. This is a, a, a podcast that's going to be on the Brave Worship podcast, as well as the Courage cast. So a lot of bravery and courageousness. Yes. I like it. There is nothing weak about this. There is nothing weak about this <laughs> at all. Uh, we are going for it. Uh, and we have a special guest here. The reason we're doing this is uh, we have Matt Hammett. Hey. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling very powerful today. <laughs> <laughs> Brave and courageous. I like it. Yeah. We just, um, we really like what you're doing, Matt. And Thank you. Heart. And so we just felt like it'd be great to share you with both of our um, teams or awesome, audiences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So nice. I um, I met you originally, I don't know how long ago it was, maybe a couple years ago. It was like two years ago. Okay. Now, yeah. Yeah. Um, it Time was, flies. Yeah, it does. It was a co-write. Um, that was set up ahead of time, and we just basically showed up for this right. And um, Jared Anderson was yeah. with us that day, and um, we ended up writing New Rivers. Yeah, and that it's not always easy to walk in on a first co-write and no. get a good song that day. You know, no, yeah. So it was definitely um, just felt like, as far as writing wise, like the Holy Spirit was just there and yes. moving. And um, the more I find out about what you're doing, the more I understand why. Oh, man, thank um, you. So, yeah, can you just share a little bit with us about 
um, your history, maybe a little bit about your your story, and then yeah, absolutely, where you are today, what you're doing. Let me second that with New Rivers, man. It was like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, yeah, with New Rivers, I felt the same way. That was just like, man, incredible to be able to just write and feel the Holy Spirit in the room moving and. That's a song, I think, for both of us over those two years that was really special. Yeah. And I kept like, I remember I'd always revisit it and just keep thinking like, something is on this song. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would cut this song. <laughs> and then you cut it. And I was so excited when you told me that you were going to actually carry that. Because I was just like, man, somebody it needs, it's going to minister to whoever hears it. Well, you're on it and, too. And so you're, you know, yeah, you added a really nice, nice feel to it. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And I think... I think with music, I'm learning to trust more and more. And then I, I will promise I will get to the history here. But yeah, I, I wanted to add that I think with music more and more, I'm learning to trust <clears throat> that um, whether it's, you know, a dozen people or 12 million people, mm. I'm learning to trust that God allows these songs to make it into the lives and hearts of the people that need to hear it. Hear yeah. it. And so mm. I just uh, think I love most about that song is knowing um, that whoever you carry it to, whether it reaches yeah a few people or millions of people along the way, it's like I know that song is going to touch every person who hears it, and so, mm-hmm. uh, so I was really yeah it's a, it's a special one for me. So, um, but yeah, so my history leading up to these past couple of years, where I've been writing more here in Nashville, even moving to Nashville from Ohio, um, was with the band Sanctus Real. So when I was sixteen years old, I started a band with my friends and yeah we named it sanctus real when we were 16 and how did you get the name yeah so our drummer at the time he was 18 and we were 16 so he was our elder (laughs) and (laughs) he came and was like hey i found this word in the dictionary it was sanctus he didn't know that Uh he said sanctus you know i mean (laughs) and and so we were like okay cool he's like it means holy hymn of praise set apart and we were like man that's everything we want to be and so unknowingly called it Sanctus, Sanctus Real, <laughs> you know, the, the whole time. And it's just so funny because it just, that's what it became. I guess I always think about weird band names. It's like Smashing Pumpkins or right. other names that like you just hear. Have the same alliteration. Yeah, you just mm-hmm. hear it for what it is, you know. You're like, okay, what's that mean? Well, it doesn't really matter because it's just a band name, right? Right, right. And so it's kind of funny how we just kept using it for... 20 years. <laughs> 20 and, years. Yeah, and the thing out, we thought so many times about changing it because we knew, you know, like, man, not only is people have a hard time saying it at first, but technically we don't pronounce it right. And there were like all these things. <laughs> but we were like, man, we've been calling ourselves this for, right. you know, at one point it was like for three or four years and now we're getting record deal offers and, <laughs> you know, and but we Sanctus, can't change. We can't, Sanctus Real does not it doesn't sound, sound the same, good. Yeah, you know? no, not at all. No, and I actually, yeah. I'm going to admit something right yeah. now. <laughs> I thought it was Sanctus Real. Yeah, oh, dude. Oh, but why? No, but here's, here, did, yeah, but here's yeah, the thing. Did. Like, so many I people did. Like, and why wouldn't you if you're going like, if, you, if you're thinking about the real Latin? It's like, mm-hmm. that's what it would be. Right. And so, um, so it was always really funny, that whole process for us. If I, the people ask me if I miss, since I left the band a couple years ago, if I miss it. And I'm like, yeah, I miss the guys. I miss, yeah. you know, the camaraderie. I miss yeah. my friends uh, and making music together. But I definitely don't miss explaining the name to people anymore. <laughs> I have to admit it too. I, our daughter yeah. sang the song Sanctus yep. uh, this week at a music camp. Yeah. And the first time I was like, yeah, that song Sanctus. 
and they're like, <laughs> they're like, it's sunk to. We've messed up. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's so, so I feel funny. it a little tiny bit of that. Yeah, but you man. had to do it a million times. Had totally. To explain it. Yeah. So, yeah, but we, you know, so we did that for 20 years, put out seven, eight with our, I think, well, wait, no, yeah, seven, seven records with Sparrow, mm-hmm. um, and had a really nice run, man. I mean, you know, we won a few Dev Awards and got nominated for two Grammys and uh, had 14 top five and number one songs That's along the way so awesome. at different formats. And mm-hmm. so, um, we weren't the biggest band out there, but we had definitely kind of became somewhat of a household name in Christian music. And mm-hmm. um, we're, we, I don't think we ever took that for granted. You know, we really were so grateful for that every step of the way, partly because we started the band as 16-year-old kids who never thought that would happen. Right. right. And so I think we were just kind of like, wow, it's amazing that we're still doing this. Yeah. And so a couple of years ago, um, <clears throat> I started um, feeling, well, not a couple of years ago, I guess it was almost like, seven or eight years ago now, after I wrote a song called Lead Me, um, you know, about being a husband and a father. And I wrote that song out of a situation with my wife and I where she was just really appealing to my heart that she felt alone. She felt Mm. like I was there, but I wasn't there. I was on the road all the time. And when I was home, I was distracted. I wasn't really leading her beyond providing financially. It was like I wasn't there for her spiritually and emotionally. And there was a big wake-up call that happened in my life at that time. And I would say that would started a restlessness in me to figure out, like, okay, am I, if, if my family isn't healthy, and if I can't get my family healthy with the lifestyle that I'm living right now, and, and, or if it's, you know, if I can't, if I can't find a way to um, make the most important things the most important things, mm-hmm. then I really need to start praying harder and evaluating where I'm at in my life. And over the course of a few years, I started that feeling, well, I guess what I would say to people is, sometimes you know, like, you're restless, but you don't feel that like release yet from the Lord. Like you're like, okay, he's stirring in me. He's birthing a new work in me, but he, it's not ready to like, you know, he's not, he's not pushing me into it yet. Mm-hmm. So that was the season from probably 2010 um, to 2015. So like the five years where, um, you know, we had things happen too. Like we had a son with heart disease mm-hmm. uh, who had two open heart surgeries and, wow. And I was still trying to do the band thing and seeing more and more of like this issue with, with me and trying to be a good leader in my family mm-hmm. and it being harder and harder with the, the continued success of the band. And so this restlessness around 2015 turned into the, re- the release for mm-hmm. me where I knew that I was released. I felt mm-hmm. God saying, okay, I've been stirring this thing in you and now you're ready to move into a new season. And so stepped out of the band, spent, you know, a year walking with them through how to transition, making sure kind of the house was in order before I left per yeah. se. And so, um, yeah. And they're still going on. And they're still going still on going. today. Yeah. They found a, a different singer and it's been a, a long road for them to figure that out, you know? And, um, but man, they, they have, and they're, they're still pursuing that. Um, and in the meantime, I've been like, doing a kind of a multitude of things, mm-hmm. kind of more home-based, you know, mm-hmm. so I can be home during the weeks. Mm-hmm. One of those writing, which is funny, a couple of years ago when we wrote New Rivers, that was that was kind of right when I started. Mm-hmm. When we come into Nashville on a regular basis, right before we moved here, saying, okay, Lord, like, maybe I'm going to cultivate this so I can be home more, mm-hmm. so I can have something that I'm doing. I'm using my gift, gifts and writing and music to... to invest in others and so that became kind of what i do during the week but then on the weekends 
I'll still go out and I'll speak at different places. I started a men's ministry and uh, God gave me a series of messages that I that were birthed out of all that journey for me of learning how to be a better husband, father. Mm. Um, yeah, because that song, yeah. Lead Me, really ministered to me, obviously. Oh, wow. I'm one of many hundreds of thousands of people that uh, were impacted by that song, because I, I do remember that as being, um, it cuts right to the truth. Mm. And I know, to me, that's, that's it was, was it your most successful song? Oh, by far. Yeah. Mm. It just rocked me. It, it wow. wrecked me. Um, and... Uh, to know kind of a little bit of the backstory. And I want to dive yeah. into that even yeah. more. This is powerful. Well, there's a great irony in that song. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have allergies. Um, there's a great ir- irony in that song that most people don't know. The irony of that song is that it was the song I wrote about wanting to be a more present father and husband. Mm-hmm. And then it catapulted our career <laughs> to, to the heights of our success. <laughs> wow. So the very song that kind of helped us, I guess, in, in a way, like, rise to the height of our career success yeah. was also the same song that I sang every single night at the height of that success, which God used to speak to my heart to pull me away. Wow. <clears throat> and so, it's a... That's amazing. This, yeah, the story behind that song is definitely, personally, for me, pretty... And it it's crazy, because like you said, there's so many guys and women, men and women, families who have stories about that song. Mm. And I have my own crazy story about that song, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but uh, the heart, you know, I mean, yeah, the, the, the big lesson, and, and I did share this, Chrissy, you mentioned on my Instagram the other day, um, when I do these seminars for men and for marriage, um, and I also speak for an organization called Family Life about four or five times a year for mm-hmm. their weekend to remember marriage conferences. Mm-hmm. But when I go and I speak, um, a lot of times one of, one of the main uh, messages that I share is the first lesson that I learned along the way, which which I can point to this reality or this realization the day I wrote Lead Me, mm. um, was this idea of, of good intentions that we have in our heart, that we want to be a certain thing. And a lot of times we dream about what we want to be. And the dream of what we want to be internally can almost become our idea of who we really are. Mm-hmm. And then we have this wake-up call at some point, if we're willing to have it, mm-hmm. if we're willing to hear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or have the courage to have, do it. Have the courage to, to do it. it mm-hmm. or, or when somebody tells you you're not that thing mm-hmm. you hope you are, mm-hmm. um, or you hear something against like your, that makes you realize, and you embrace that, you, mm-hmm. you come to a point. That was my day where I, I was like, I have imagined that I was this person, that this father, this husband that I wanted to be. And almost it was real to me inside because I wanted it so badly. Mm. But yet the reality was that the people I loved weren't feeling the actions that it required for me to actually be that person outside of myself. Yeah. And so that is a big part of my message where I start because it's important for me to help other people come to that reality mm. of are we actually living out the dreams and desires, the good dreams and desires mm-hmm. that God has put in our heart around the things that He's called us to do, mm-hmm. um, both at home and in the world. Mm-hmm. And are we able to take a real look at ourselves and say, 
am I actually the person that I perceive myself to be? Mm. You know, and so my, my quote that I always share with people is just that good intentions are worthless mm-hmm. until they become actions based on the reality of what people we love actually need from us. Yeah. Mm. And so, um, yeah. Okay. So, so that's, do you have a, do you have a process or a, do you, do you kind of help people along? I mean, you're, you're, you're initially stirring people yeah. to a reality. It's almost like you're shaking them up yes. to say, wait a minute, reality are you, yeah. is reality equal to your imagination of how you want to be, how yes. you want to show up, what your vision is for exactly. how you want to be as a, mm-hmm. as a husband or yeah. as a, you know, even as a wife, how you want to show up in your family. Yeah. Um, and then what, so do you give them more? Do you kind yes. of go deeper? Yeah. So when I do a seminar or the, the, the conference, uh, depending on what format, I always, um, we start there, and then we walk through a series of, of, of things that the Lord really like showed me as I was walking through. So that launching point is, to me, it's James 1, 5, where he says, uh, you know, if any of you lacks wisdom, you know, let him ask God, and mm-hmm. he'll give it to you generously. Mm-hmm. You've got to ask with faith, right? Mm-hmm. Not doubting. And, and there's that part of that verse that talks about um, uh, you're how a lot of times we're double-minded and we, we yeah. like, we're tossed back and forth on the waves. We're like, we're, we're here and then we're there. Mm-hmm. And, and that was actually the problem. That is the problem with a lot of people. We're here and then we're there. We're trying to figure it out because we're not believing in faith that God is going to take us to where we need to be mm-hmm. and acting on that. And so, um, so we go from there about, okay, like God will give you everything you need. Now, what do we, how do we walk in that? Mm-hmm. And, and then the, the rest of my messages really are looking at scripture and things from our lives that we all deal with and learning how to um, perceive the areas that we really need to be stewarding mm-hmm. in our lives that God has called us to steward and encouraging people to take some really simple actions in terms of how to like kind of like will a one step at a time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I try not to overwhelm mm-hmm. people with too much information. It's hard to yeah, do in a weekend. Yeah, but give them enough where mm-hmm. they can grab onto some realistic things. How do I look at my life? Mm-hmm. And then how do I evaluate my life? How do I look at reality? And then what are some of the action steps that I'm going to take to That's walk awesome. it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love that you point them back to scripture and yeah. to seeking the Lord. Yeah. Um, because honestly, I don't know, it's so simple, but sometimes we make it way more complicated than it needs to be. Yeah. Um, and totally. simply just pointing people back to Jesus is truly where oh, all yeah. their answers are, really. Yeah. And you know, it's like only, it's it's God gives the growth and everything, yeah. right? We can work and toil and whatever, but if God's not in it, mm-hmm. nothing grows. And yeah. so, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. We as as the brave side of things, we have a lot of people that are are artists or aspiring artists, um, are writers. Um, as far as that whole traveling piece plus family, um, what would your advice be to somebody that's just getting ready to start walking down the road that you traveled? Yeah. Now that you've experienced <clears throat> that. You know, it it's hard for me, uh to answer this question sometimes because of how different each person's situation is. So like if there's a young artist, right. And they don't really have a family. It's like, it's like, go Mm -hmm. do Do it. it, You know, cause I'm thinking that's how it was for me when I was young, we were 16. Mm -hmm. Um, when we got signed, I was getting married. So I was like 21. 
Um, and my wife went with me, and so right. and we, but we were young. We could live in a van. <laughs> Our bodies didn't hurt, yes, you know, as right. much. Like we had the energy. So that was that season of life for us. Now I'm running into a lot of artists who actually already have families. They're already coming from kind of working another job. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's a very different situation than when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think. One thing that, and this goes back to the, 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 the dreams and intentions and what we mm-hmm. have inside of us and what we perceive to be our reality, mm-hmm. is that a lot of times um, there is this comparison. And, you know, I'm sure this conversation has been had a lot, and I think it's worth having a lot, mm-hmm. is that there is the comparison. When you look at Carrie Job, you look at chris tomlin and you go oh well they have this kind of stage this kind of platform and that looks like the thing to do that looks like the pinnacle of what Mm -hmm. god might have for somebody's life Mm -hmm. and we actually idealize that to Mm -hmm. be the call right Mm -hmm. the big picture of the call looks like do not hit that yeah looks like this Mm -hmm. and what that does so often for artists and that you know i still struggle with is that this comparison being the crusher of dreams, mm. um, where you're at, and, um, and, and actually robbing you of the true identity of the dream that God's put in your heart. Mm. So God has given you this, this identity of who you always created you to be, and then, and, then, and then this ideal robs that away. Yeah. So you can't see what this dream might look like. It might be totally so far away from that thing yeah. that you can't even see it anymore. Yeah. And so what I always tell artists is I'm like, if you're not being faith- completely and 100% faithful to, um, to give everything you have where you are, like, so like, and, and that's the thing I love about what you're doing. Cause I watch these people who are like, you're giving them a way to minister now where they're at and use their gifts. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people though, like, um, I think strive so much for the next thing that that so much of it is geared towards how do I lift off, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like I've always found that if I'm just open-handed and faithful with the gifts today that God's given me and where he wants me to be today and not miss that, mm-hmm. then a lot of times he sees I steward the gift he's given me for now, for today, for the moment. And then out of that, the door's open, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas if like, yeah, people are, I would say to young mm-hmm. artists, like if you're trying to like open that next door, that elusive <laughs> next door so hard, it's like, man, just be faithful with what he's given you today and where he is and, and be, oh, I guess I would even say be, um, learn to be just grateful and just say, hey, this is what I get to do mm-hmm. day after day. Then I'll still faithful, faithfully steward what you've given me right here, right now, for this moment. Mm-hmm. And then God opens the next door. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's a through that. I mean, advertising and um, the enemy will will use um, this dissatisfaction. Yes, that's that's a great it, word. It, it for will it. just be stirred up in us all the yeah. time when we're on social media and we see what everybody else is doing, yeah. and we we have all these ways of <clears throat> constantly being hit. Yeah, and we open ourselves up to all these ways of being hit with with I'm just not good enough. I'm never gonna hit that, or I'm yeah. I'm just dissatisfied with what I have now. Yes, and what God is saying very clearly, and this is just confirmation of things I've been hearing all all the time. Is yeah. be thankful, be grateful for where you are today. Uh, stir up um, and nurture 
thankfulness and gratefulness in your life for where you are today and being yeah. faithful in the quote unquote little things yes. of scripture that you might believe to be kind of minuscule yeah. are actually big things in God's eyes. Yeah. You know, these so, are kingdom things. Um, yep. And if he sees you to be faithful in those things, there will be more. Yeah. There will be more. But it may not look like the way you think it's going to look like. Yes, exactly. Well, and ultimately, I feel like, um, you know, it sort of reminds me of school. And like, if you're sitting next to another kid and you're sort of copying their work yes. or replicating their work, as opposed to sitting down and, and doing your own original work, yeah. even especially if you think about that, even in the context of artwork, you know, yeah. like... Um, just reprinting what somebody else did. That's not God's plan for us. Yes. His plan for us is all originals for yeah. each of us to have our own original plan. So looking at what someone else's um, dream or fulfillment of a dream um, yeah. looks like and then modeling yours after that, that's simply duplicating or replicating somebody else's life. And that's just, I mean, if you look at it, in that context of original versus replica, yeah, that's not what we want. Yeah, and it's we want like an original the, plan. It's right, and it's like yeah. the like the the body, right? Like, and even the scripture, it's like, yes. what if the pinky's like, I want to be the bicep, I'm not going to be the pinky, you know? And then he doesn't get, then you know, your pinky doesn't work because it just spends his whole life wanting to be the bicep, the strong guy, the guns, you know? I'm not the guns. Uh, <laughs> and the gun, yeah. then the guns want to be the brain, right? It's like yeah. it's never, like never <laughs> everything's got to work together, and yeah. there's smaller pieces sometimes. And we just, I think sometimes our culture, um, because it's so fame driven, yeah, like makes us think that if you're not the biggest piece, that you're not important. Hmm. Yeah, and that's just not true. Yeah, that also reminds <clears throat> me. I think it's in that same passage where it talks about accepting your gift. Yeah. And that's, yes, that's, exactly that's right. uh, you know, you have to think about that, like in your heart and in your mind, what, what gift did he give you and accept that one instead yeah. of reaching beyond, like Is you're that saying. Is James? Yeah. I think Again? it's Corinthians. Oh, Corinthians. Corinthians, yeah. yeah. I, you know, yeah, it's so interesting, man, because I think Could like, if everybody was a Chris Tomlin, then who would, who would be here mentoring people, right? Mm, it's like, if yeah. you were Chris Tomlin, you couldn't be here mentoring people. Right now, mm-hmm. God's called you to mentor people. doesn't mean your music won't reach over time, millions of people, but it means that, like that, you know, it's like each person in each community in each church that God's called to to minister to that body in that place. There's that worship leader who's so talented, and they're in the middle of nowhere in America with yes. playing, you know, today. yeah, yes. listening today, yes. ministering to that twenty people that come to that congregation every Sunday morning. Yes. It's like God didn't call you to be Chris Tomlin. Yeah, even it's like even and, if and, they're just as talented. Yeah, even if that's yes, even if you're just as talented, yes. maybe you know, maybe you think you're more talented than Chris Tomlin. I don't. Maybe you are. <laughs> you, might you might be. Mm-hmm. But it's like God's called you to be there, and that role is equally as important as important as what yeah. he's doing so there's a content a being content yes being content it's, it's the meaning of you, content yeah. and you know and then of course there'll be people that are very cynical and say well of course you can say that you've experienced all this success yeah, yeah, yeah. matt you know yeah, yeah, um, totally. i haven't i want some of that yeah well it's hard because i struggle with it too yeah i struggle with it i look at it you know it's it never like, stops right it never stops i remember saying this real Man, like I remember, like we had this big number one song for three months, you know, and two back to back number ones would leave me forgiven. And I'm like, I remember looking, going, like, well, why, why did we only sell a few hundred thousand records when so and so is selling millions, right? <laughs> I it mean, just never ends, it right? never, it 
ever ends. ends. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't matter where you're at on the scale, man. It's like right. you're still looking at the guy yeah. who's on, on the ladder. You're still looking above you mm-hmm. as you're climbing up. You're mm-hmm. not looking down, going like, "Oh wow, look at all the people still below me." You know, you're trying to catch the guy who's above you. All well, time. and then you got to wonder, like the people up on top, are they looking down, going, "Wish I had." More time with my family. Absolutely. Or wish this or wish that. I would say the grass is always greener until it's yeah. yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It really is. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, That's really good. Yeah. So uh, then there's the the other side of it with the success um, side of it. Uh, you know, when you wrote that song, Lead Me, is there um, just anything you could share about uh, what – uh, what your life was like specifically. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah, something we could really hang on to and relate to. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of, uh, what aspect to come from here. Um, or what, what motivated you to like, yeah. R- at that moment when you yeah, wrote that yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in that season of my marriage, um, I mean, I always share with people that, that, Sarah and I were really struggling to communicate well. Mm-hmm. We were both had our own, we had our own set of wounds, right? Everybody does that we mm-hmm. carry into a marriage with our communication and not knowing how to communicate, especially in conflict for mm-hmm. us, continued to build more and more walls between mm-hmm. us. And, um, it felt like there were like layers of walls. It, it, it was almost like too when you'd go to to attack the wall and try to find out like how do we tear this thing down. <laughs> it's like almost just touching the wall caused Bill made it bigger. You made it made it bigger. Yeah, yeah, because you just didn't know how to address the these complicated bricks that were between us. And we so, can't relate to that. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we actually went through several walls ourselves. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> 20 all, years every, now. Everybody does. Yeah. Everybody does. And that that's actually, side note, that's actually one of the biggest marriage killers is people believing that they're alone. Mm-hmm. And so they walk through it isolated because they don't understand that everybody is going through this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and... And so it's so important for people to hear these stories and know like they're not alone. So Sarah and I at that time it was just it was really a, a bad cycle mm-hmm. for us. And what really hit me because people and people ask Sarah this all the time: What did you say to Matt? How did you get through to him that day? He wrote "Lead Me." People are always like, "What are the magic words I can say to my husband?" <laughs> you know? Right. And Sarah will say to them, "Well, I don't even remember what I said because I'd said it a thousand times before, and he didn't even listen." Mm. So, by God's grace, <laughs> that day, um, I think a couple things happened. One, I will say, that day, she had the grace to walk into the conversation and show me her true heart behind the wall. Because when we're hurting, we project uh, our emotions as anger because that's just the way they come out Mm -hmm. a lot of times. They they come out with that angry tone, a tone that we express with that the person on the other side can't hear us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that she was probably in the habit of, of... showing her feelings as anger yeah. and I couldn't see her real self behind mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So that day I, th- I saw her true self, the, mm-hmm. the anger was gone and I saw the real hurt mm-hmm. in her heart. And through tears, she really shared the ways that I hadn't uh, cherished, heard, 
you know, listened, validated. Cause I'm really like, she would say still, she's like, what I really wanted from you, what I still want from you is to feel understood. Mm. I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to defend it. You know, what's happening. I don't need, you know, your version of the story coming back at me every time. I just need as a wife for you to be my friend, to hear me, to listen, to validate me mm. where I'm at and just know that I can be known. Mm-hmm. And so I think when I heard her saying those things to me and that I hadn't cherished her in that way mm-hmm. through her tears, um, I heard it for the first time. I understood it for the first time. And what really hit me hard that day was right next to me after, after that conversation. I don't, I don't remember what she did, but I stayed there. I picked up my guitar. I started actually writing the song, Lead Me There, thinking nobody would ever hear it, mm-hmm. thinking it was for me and for Sarah. It wasn't something I wrote for my career, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was processing that, I looked at our wedding photo next to me. Mm. And that was the hard part because I looked at the woman in my wedding photo and it was only seven or eight years. It wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a woman who was glowing. Like I saw this countenance of like, of hopefulness and lightheartedness and like her trusting me to like carry her into all of her dreams. Mm. And I always say like, you know, she was dreaming of this moment, this wedding and this marriage since she was a child. Mm. And while I was blowing up G.I. Joe's in the sandbox, <laughs> like no idea, you know what I mean? Like the weight of this, this union and this dream and what this marriage should be like for her as a woman, not understanding that, not learning to be empathetic to that. But at that time I hadn't had the time to hurt her. Right. So yeah. she's coming into this, with just this innocence in a way. Yeah. And then comparing that, it was like the contrast to of what? who I saw in that photo versus who was just sitting in front of me completely yeah. and utterly broken. Yeah. And knowing like, God, you gave me this woman <laughs> to steward and somehow I have crushed her. Mm-hmm. And the worst part to me, uh, or not the worst part, the worst part was that. Mm-hmm. But secondly, for me, it was, I've somehow crushed this woman's spirit, but I didn't even do it on purpose. Yeah. And I still don't even totally understand yeah. how I got here or how to fix it yet. Yeah. So what do I do? It's overwhelming. I feel helpless, right? Mm-hmm. And I've got my own wounds. How do I dress? How do I work through my wounds so I can help her with her wounds mm-hmm. and not, you know, how do I do this? I don't know. It's so complicated. It's so messy. Yeah. And that day it was like, I don't know, like, it was just a big breakthrough for me and just understanding mm-hmm. and just realizing it was the reality check that I was talking about. And, and that was the opportunity for me to open my heart, to see the reality of myself and how I needed to change me mm-hmm. and start working on it. Mm-hmm. And it's still been, I mean, it's been a long road. We're mm-hmm. still just now working through some of these things, still mm-hmm. just now figuring it out. And then as we figure that out, we realize we never figured something else out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that ongoing refining um, of that. It's just, it's crazy how God uses marriage to refine us. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the most beautiful yeah. place to work through stuff. Yeah, it is. It's like it's God's it's, gift it, to us. I remember Dan Allender, um, who's, you know, a, a writer and, speaker on relationships and marriage and um we went to an artist retreat probably around that same time and when you know all this leave me stuff was unfolding and i remember 
him just being so real. And he, he opened up the whole, whole weekend by saying like that marriage is the closest you'll ever come to heaven and the closest you'll ever get to hell. <laughs> and and <laughs> it's like, oh, and we never forgot that because we were like, this is a true experience for everybody. We have to, sometimes you walk through the flames of what feels like hell yeah. in marriage so that you can experience heaven mm-hmm. sometimes because that's what it takes. It's an equal yeah. It's an equal opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> you know? is. Yeah, you have to be refined you by the fire. You have to fires. go through some of the deepest places to experience yeah. some of the highest highs. Yeah. And, and it, I wish know, it wasn't like that. Totally. We, we idealize it all when, yeah. we, when we start. We have this vision that, again, we've compared ourselves to what we've seen marriage to be yeah. in culture. And, in the movies. In, in the, the movies. highlight reels. But I'm glad yeah. to know yeah. that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Chrissy? Yeah, right. And everybody yeah. listening is not alone. Not alone at in all. That experience. Yeah, we all go oh. through it. And you know, I hear one of the things that we say at Family Life is that uh, the only thing more beautiful than young love is old love. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that takes a lot of pain to it's get there, right? Perk. And that's yeah. why it's so beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. So, how Matt? Do you have any more questions for Matt? I was going to kind of yeah, ask, go ahead. Uh, because yeah. I just wanted to ask, um, you know, how can we? How can people listening connect with you? Yeah, um, and um, where where can yeah. they see music. you next and all that stuff? Yeah, so right now, um, I so I was doing two years of my Lead Me conference, but actually, what happened this year was Kurt Cameron asked me to come on his conference mm-hmm. with him, and so like three of those conflicted with the dates that I was working on for mine. And I really felt like God was saying, Hey, set yours aside for the moment, invest in this. So, um, I've kind of been actually in the meantime, reimagining that. So I'll probably launch that, um, here in the next year or two with, along with the book I'm working on. Uh Um, but in the meantime, you can see me with Kirk on living room reset. Um, it's living room reset, living room reset. Yeah. Is that online? Instagram, Uh online, Facebook. If you literally type in Kirk Cameron, living, living room, (laughs) try typing that <laughs> yeah um you'll find it and i'll be on all those dates with him uh-huh. for uh for the foreseeable future wow. um yeah i mean it's been neat with him because he's actually he's kind of put together a event he kind of wants to keep it that way as long as he can and so it's a neat thing to be part of and then i also have a series of one-off you know dates that i'm doing as an artist mm-hmm and also uh, dates that I'm doing as, as a speaker. So I kind of do a little of both. Mm-hmm. It's interesting these days, but you can find all that at MattHammettMusic.com. MattHammettMusic. With Andrew two T's. Two M's and two yep. T's. Two M's and two T's. That's right. Lots of M's and T's in my name. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, all my all my handles for social media stuff is just my name, Matt Hammett. So people can find me pretty easy. Yeah. Um, how cool is that? I mean, um, just talking about those, the living room. Living room, living room reset. reset. Yeah. So, what does that look like? What's a weekend there look like, or is it a week, or what yeah. is it like? So, is it a family event? Uh, it's a marriage it and parenting event, mm-hmm. actually. So, it's a it's a couples mm-hmm. event. Couples event. Yep. And so, uh, I I lead worship and sing some of my own songs. Uh, Kurt speaks. Uh, Kirk. Kirk. Sorry, hard to get the K in there. Kirk. Kirk. <laughs> Kirk speaks on um, on marriage mm-hmm. in the first half. And then um, I get a chance to share a little bit of my testimony. And then uh, we come back, the second half is all parenting. So mm-hmm. it's a mix of music and testimony and teaching. It's a day event. It's a three-hour event. So a three-hour event. event. Yep, three-hour event. It's an wow. evening event. Wow. starts at 7 mm-hmm. usually mm-hmm. and goes to about 10. Wow, that's, that's really cool. And we'll cool. be in California in August. California Yeah, August. after I get back from Indonesia, actually. I'm going to Indonesia for two weeks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. For so, mission work? Or uh, man, 
or just for fun? So, uh, so I'll try to keep this quick. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm fine on time. I, I just don't want to, you know. Uh, We're good. But, uh, so this is crazy story. Side note: um, uh-huh. <clears throat> This woman I knew from Denver, who's from Indonesia, had a heart to just do work there and minister there, and she felt like she wanted to take. Uh, her and her husband wanted to take me to Indonesia mm-hmm. to do some concerts. And it was really kind of a strange thing because she had a really hard time getting confirmations on people. Like we planned the trip, but then she was having a hard time getting the confirmation of like what churches or places Which is not we were pl- yeah, pl- <clears throat> we were playing at, right? And she's like, we're just going to go. We're going to trust God. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to be like multiple events that were like over a thousand people. And, I, and it was like once we got there, like everybody was calling, oh, can you come to our church? Can-? It's like, they said it's just the way it kind of works yeah. there, oh, yeah. I would which imagine. is interesting. Very yeah. fly by the seat They're of the pen. They're not planners. <laughs> They're not I used planners. To do international sales. There at you a go. Record That's label, right. So. That's right. I get yep. it. <laughs> so, so, but once we got there, it was just the things that God did and the doors that He opened were crazy. Yeah. It was like. We ended up just finding favor with a lot of the really. Um, hey, that's a inf- good band name too. Yeah, by the fi- way. yeah, finding favor. Yeah, <laughs> with uh, a lot of like really influential leaders in the mm-hmm. church there. Cool. And so this year, because she heard what we did last time, the the sister of a very prominent political figure who's a high powered attorney in Indonesia, she's also an evangelist, invited us to come back and partner with her to do. But the thing about her is that her brother, this is crazy, her brother was the governor of Jakarta, Mm -hmm. um, and he was put in prison because he was accused by the radical Muslims of blaspheming the Quran. Wow. And, you know, it was a big political thing. They wanted to get him out of power. And he didn't have to go... In, there was I don't understand exactly how it worked. He didn't have to be in prison for a certain amount of time, but he chose to go and stay mm. in the prison um, for as soon as his trial was over because for the peace of the city, because when he would come out or however that worked, he basically knew that the best thing for him to do was to be just to stay in the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so he chose to be there even during times he didn't need to be there for the sake of the country and won the hearts of like, even like Muslims and mm-hmm. and, the, mm-hmm. and now there's this huge uprising of millions and millions and millions of people who want him to be the next president Whoa. of Indonesia. And the current president of Indonesia, you know, has actually like, they're like grooming him and they want him to move into this wow. position. And so there's all this favor and all this craziness. I mean, this guy, wow. he has millions of people on Instagram praying for him every day. Who is he? Do you his remember his name? A-Hawk. A-Hawk. A-H-O-K. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Mm-hmm. And, but he's a, like an icon in Indonesia now, in the church of someone who is, you know, uh, who people want to see a godly man hmm. take leadership of the country. Isn't it interesting? And, and so... How, how inviting that is when yeah. you really live it. Yes, it's it's so crazy. And mm. so there's this massive movement in Indonesia right now of, mm. of the church praying for this man who's a godly man to be put into a place of favor and plop yeah. out the political scene. Wow. And so, but he's still walking this journey of all this legal stuff. And so... But this is Ahok's sister who's bringing us, and he's like praying for us, and like he's mm. behind it too. And so it's just this really weird, I mean, not weird, but very yeah. uh, unexpected mm-hmm. kind of series of events. So we're doing revivals with, with her. And are you doing, going alone or are you bringing your so family? So I'm or? just going with this woman and her husband, mm-hmm. her family, and then all the people there who are hosting me. So, so. it leads me to ask the question yeah. how do you deal with that now with, yeah. with lead me and how do I lead my family well and how do I lead my <laughs> wife well and yeah. all that? 
like obviously you communicate totally. better now oh, about gosh. these kind of things yes. and you feel a yeah. feel a piece about doing this your wife yeah and you she together. actually my wife actually set it up for me <laughs> oh there you go i wasn't Get even out gonna, of here matt go, i wasn't go. even gonna go <laughs> at first which is really funny a little bit more yeah i know yeah. it's so funny she, it, it is kind of like that now <laughs> where she's like every time like this weekend there there was she got an email from somebody saying hey there's this group that wants matt to come speak at this thing and i was like honey it's our anniversary she's like I don't care. It's fine. Go. So she set it up for me. And, and, and I was like, everybody's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, it's your anniversary. And I call her again. I'm like, are you sure this is okay? And she's like, she's like, you're home all the time now. It's fine. Like she's like almost pushing me out the door at this point. So that's good. That's a good sign. But we did celebrate our anniversary yesterday at Outback. How many years? (laughs) Outback. Real fancy. (laughs) Well, we, we haven't done anything for our 20th anniversary yet. And, uh, we we still have the rest of the year to go Congrat- until May of next belated year. Belated congratulations. Thank you. That's Thank awesome. you. 20 How many years? 17. 17. Yeah. Congratulations yeah, that's awesome. to you, too. Thank you. Yeah, that's phenomenal. What's your yeah. anniversary date? Uh, ours is July 14th. Oh, okay. Yeah, when's yours? Not too bad. You're only a few days off. Yeah, when are you? Our Ours is May, May 30th. 30th. Oh, wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's yep. cool. Yes. 1998 was a good year. 1998. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we were 2001. Uh-huh. Oh, All right. Awesome. awesome. All right. All right, Matt, this has been fun. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I know you and Chrissy have had a little more time to to write and share Mm -hmm. some of this. But um, thanks for coming on this uh, Brave Worship Courage Cast cast. uh, episode. And I think it's going to be phenomenal. We'll just call it the Bravely Courageous Show. That's right. (laughs) One of these days we'll merge this. Yeah, Brave and Courageous. It's awesome. Courageously brave. We could just go, we could just rip on this forever, you know, if we had the time. Uh, well, best Thank to you, Matt. You, Matt and uh, yeah. I appreciate you. Yeah.